Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler, here to talk about season four, episode 21, New York's Oddest, which aired March 8th, 1974, is available to view on Paramount+. Plus. Before we start, we got a very nice early Christmas gift from one of our listeners. Ah, indeed, yes. Edward Ignatius Chipolinsky. Chiplinski. That's how he told me to pronounce it. Chiplinski. Uh, so he gave he gave permission to use his name. I asked, I asked him, do you want very, a credit on air? And do you yes. want me to mention your name? And he he's he, he phonetically he is now gave me world how, famous. He is now world famous. He phonetically gave me how to say his last Ed. name. Edward Ignatius Chiplinski. So he sent us, which he had <clears throat> ready, he sent us audio tracks of all the TV episodes with the music cuts. Wow. So these are the TV versions. So they have all the music in them. So I haven't gone back and, and gotten uh, everything ready to share, but we did go back since we just had the last two episodes we did had two music cuts. I went back and I uh, made those ready to, to share here so that we can least Hopefully they're, they're still in people's minds. So the first one is from a different drummer, which opens with a music scene that was cut in the episode as we reviewed it. And that was my blue heaven, the song being sung by Felix and his group in that episode. So we'll play that right now. All together. Now watch the maestro. And one, two. When with the wheels call, they're calling. Evening is nigh. I'm falling. Hurry to mine. Turn to the right. I'm walking. Little white light. He's talking. Lead you to my heaven. You'll see a smiling face, fireplace, cozy room. Little nest, nestle where. And there goes Molly with the broom, Molly and me. Baby next street. Happy in my blue heaven. Molly and the baby and the broom and me. I don't remember that at all from the episode. Do you? Uh, I couldn't remember the song or I just, it was very obvious watching it the other last time that it, it, something was missing. Oh yeah. But yeah. I don't remember. But I don't remember the song. No. Like the it's, dream. It's, 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 it's a shame that they cut it. Cause it's such, it's a nice version. Yeah. So the second song, which we talked about last week was dream from the insomniacs, which ends right. on, a, on a joke that I do remember. Um, right. So here's that clip. When you're feeling blue, dream, that's the thing to do, things never are as bad as they seem, so That uh, also is an unfortunate edit. Yeah, and I, I want to correct now something I think I said last week, which is that I thought 
I remembered Murray playing his ukulele for this, but clearly oh, he is not. Yeah, it would make sense that he would, but because he does. You know, have... about these cuts, Ted, here's my gnawing question uh, about all of this. And my frustration is that will it ever be possible? I mean, clearly not. There's a rights issue. Paramount is not interested in revisiting us, clearly. But why dream, of course, and I think it is the dream I share with most Odd Couple fans, I would imagine, is that there one day be a kind of supercut. Is that the, the right term? Like, when can we ever just reassemble the complete episodes as they aired? Because they've even throughout its syndication, it's been uh, uh, scenes have been cut a lot. So uh, it's kind of a holy grail, I think, is to have the full aired original version. It would have to be up to one of these DigiNets like Decades or MeTV. And I know the people who operate those and they're very into TV to, to make an effort to get Paramount to give them the unedited, unsyndicated cut. That's the easiest way because then there's no rights and clearance yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. The issue is does Paramount or Viacom, well, Paramount, yeah, I mean, they're all one company, have that in their library because they... Well, they must because the streaming episodes. Well, do you episodes... think it's possible some of these are lost? Some well, some no, because the streaming lost. episodes okay. are not cut. They're they're not cut for time. They're cut for music. So obviously right. they have the okay. full cut there. So the right. question is, they would have to take the effort. This is my guess. They'd have to take the effort to cut and to make these for syndication, for television. So they have to have black in them, and they have to be given to them in the right format. So. My guess is it would take some work. They probably have all the footage and the the maybe net- some of the songs will go into public domain. And, uh, Although that's those laws have been changed to. Extend- but then they had to go back and re-edit the show to yeah, put the song yeah. back in. So I think the someone easy- would have to care an awful lot. About- right. So the digital network that that there's a money digital network TV networks. What I mean mm-hmm. digital, I mean these over the air networks that are on a the digital spectrum where they really are passionate about classic TV and they have to. Yeah care about this show enough to go do that i just don't think the odd couple falls in the passion yeah. area compared to other shows they run ha huh. that's huh. my guess so like, i like uh shows like uh well uh, my inferior guess inferior products yeah well i mean you know the shows that i don't like that people love and vice versa so they run a lot of shows colombo is a huge is one of the highest rated things on BTV. i don't know well, if those are i don't think those are cut though but maybe they are but i do notice watching decades now watching the odd couple on decades that they in exchange for the musical numbers other things are yeah well those are the that yes, we've the, been watching those are the syndicate those are the right. syndication cuts those are the cuts right. paramount probably gave them to air a syndication because they've been running them for and so then long. when paramount cut the music out they restored those parts that were well before uh, my guess is it didn't restore it they just took oh, okay. the clean cut because it's for streaming i don't think they have to do as much i got i see inside right. stuff and then they just right. remove the music so they kind of okay. started over for say for so, dvd it's a dvd it's really the dvd right, cut that's on right. streaming so basically uh we are starting a campaign to uh release the odd couple supercut right yeah well you know the show that's done this the best is star trek there are wow. multiple star trek dvds wow. with restored they they even took the the special effects and they did hmm. stuff to them so if a if a studio wants to put the effort in to sell something for a show that they think people will buy they will do it because star right. trek is a great example the and our critical trek. mass of some 
200 yes 250 listeners yeah, by yeah. last count uh might just be enough to do it probably not okay so let's talk about this episode oh right. artist okay. yes Sorry. we're here to talk about that <clears throat> so uh we'll we'll also we'll we'll probably do something with the other music cuts in a future episode so we have a cab pulling up to fake 1049 park avenue yes huh. We see Oscar in the kitchen. He's making a sandwich. Out on the counter, we see catsup, not ketchup, but catsup. <laughs> what was the difference between those again? I that, think this that... was a way when for the people who wanted to make ketchup that weren't Heinz, right. they couldn't they call it ketchup. The term ketchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see mustard. We see pickles. We see mayonnaise, and what looks to me like corned beef. I don't know if you were able to determine what. I did not get a good look at that because no. you were watching on your phone. Uh, Mm, something like that yeah uh, he opens a beer the beer of course bubbles over he uses a paper towel to catch the liquid but then he takes that towel and he puts it on the meat kind of like making a beer marinade on his sandwich which was interesting that could work yeah it could work Felix comes into the apartment he's shouting oscar's name and he's very disheveled and he says if i give you a million guesses you never guess what just happened to me oscar says mm. you got arrested for being a litter bug Felix is wrong guess where my coat is while he's doing this, Oscar's now pouring ketchup and mustard on a roll. He says, you'll never guess in a million years. Oscar says, that's easy at the cleaners. Felix says, wrong. It's at Bellevue Hospital wrapped around a baby. Oscar says, what are you talking about? Felix says, less than one hour ago in Times Square, I helped a woman deliver her baby. Oscar says, I don't believe that. Felix says, I don't believe it either. I ran to call an ambulance. When I got back, the woman was giving birth. I helped her right there on the sidewalk. The first thing the baby saw was an X-rated movie marquee, which is a accurate Of Times Square, of, of Times circa Square. 1974. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Oscar says, hey, you're serious. You really did deliver a baby. Felix says, yes, I was standing there. The woman said, please help me. I'm having a baby. Nobody paid attention. People walked. They just went by. I had to put a dime in the parking meter to keep someone from parking on her. Mm -hmm. Felix then starts to feel woozy and says, oh, Oscar says, you better sit down. You're shaking. Come on. He ushers him towards the couch. Felix says, people are absolutely unbelievable. Nobody would get me boiling water. I had to go into the luncheonette and buy tea. The woman is naming the baby after me. Unger Woo. Mm. Oscar says, Unger Woo. Felix says, but can you imagine? Nobody even looked. People paid no attention. They just went right by. Oscar says, it's a jungle out there. Felix says, I can't believe it. There I was bringing a new life into this world. You should, should have seen this baby right in my hand. And at this point, he starts to feel woozy again and faints, which Oscar doesn't notice. And that leads into our first clip. You should have seen this baby right in my hand. Oh, Oscar, I, I yeah, feel funny. Get him up on the yeah. Get some water. All right. 
Here, loosen his tie. Uh, it's hard. It's a double winter oh. knot. <laughs> I taste beer. Am I drunk? You didn't drink anything. You fainted. Are you all right? Oh. Oh. Oh, this whole thing must have just got to me. What whole thing? He delivered a baby. Oh. A woman's baby. Oh. Really? Yeah. Tell him how it happened. Oscar, I know how it happens. <laughs> Tell him how it happened. Will you? I got my bowling ball. Oh, Murray. What's wrong with people? They walk right by crime, accidents, pregnancy. The only thing they'll stop for is a suicide. People love to yell, jump. <laughs> Nobody cares. Well, some people care, Felix. You know, at the police station, we hold classes for people who want to help their fellow citizens. Really? Yeah, they're called civilian reserves. I want to join those classes. You should, too. You'd be a better citizen. I'm a good citizen. I vote. I cross a degree, not in between. I post no bills. Come on, man. You hear that? Sure, go ahead. Don't worry about anything. Let someone else be concerned. How would you feel if you were the father of that child I delivered? I'd feel awful. I'd have a kid named Nunga Woo. <laughs> You notice what Oscar didn't say he did as a good citizen? Pay his litter. taxes. Oh, I'd say pay his taxes. Oh. Which we know. He didn't he say pay his taxes, you're right. Right, because he doesn't. But I do love post no bills. Yeah, which is very old school. <laughs> Not something that most of us do anyway. I think it's time that somebody revives, does an odd couple spinoff, and it's about Unger Wu today and what he is up to. Well, you know, with all these prequels and spinoffs, the odd there could be, who knows the limits of the odd couple universe, right? He'd be 47. Right. Yeah. Doing a podcast. <laughs> I think he'd leave a little more exciting life than that. I maybe. am Unger Wu, okay? I'm admitting it right Maybe now. he's a secret agent who's yes. very fastidious. Yes. Um, in that episode, Oscar throws beer in Felix's face using his fingers to kind of like wake him up. That's why he tastes beer. I also love uh, Murray saying, "You finally, you finally did, did it. it." Yeah, right. Like that's and his then, first conclusion. <laughs> and then, and then the detail of like, I can't understand because, of course, it's Felix, and he has a double Windsor knot. Right. So we have a new scene. We see the exterior of a police station. Uh, we see a group of people sitting in a room. These are citizens who want to get involved. We're guessing based on the last scene. Felix and Miriam are in the front. There are four policemen in the room. Two are wearing gray uniforms and two black. One of the men in gray is Eddie Garrett. You notice that, I assume. Yes, I do. Murray a lot of work these days. Murray is one of the is one of the people in black. The other officer in black is talking to the citizens, and the credits call him Sergeant Chomsky. Although I don't think we hear that name in the show. He's played by noted actor Michael Lerner, who has 185 credits on IMDb, starting in 1963 on an episode of Doctor Kildare. He has many shows after that, including Brady Bunch. He was in the movie The Candidate. He was on Banachek, Ironside, Streets of San Francisco, Bob Newhart, Emergency Mash, Rockford Files, Coat, Jack, Vegas, Wonder Woman, Heart to Heart, Hill Street Blues, Eight Men Out, the movie Eight Men Out, the movie Maniac Cop 2. <laughs> but not one. The TV series Clueless, Law and Order SVU, Entourage, and Glee. So he's... he's, he's one... Worked- more movie credit that yes. I always will remember him for. Yeah. Barton Fink. He's ah. the studio executive in Barton Fink. I love Michael Lerner. I always love seeing him show up somewhere. He says, 
in the show now. Many concerned citizens are getting involved in our training program, and they're now working successfully in their neighborhoods as civilian police reserves. Now, two of our most recent graduates are Mooney and Bebo. Bebo is Eddie Garrett. I don't know why that name was given to him with such an odd name. Mooney is not credited. Miriam leans into Felix and says, nice uniforms. Felix raises his hand to ask a question. The sergeant says, you have another question, Mr. Unger. Now, this set almost looks like the set where there was the the uh, writing class, right? It's oh. a sim- I mean, it reminds me of that. I wonder if it's the same set. Well, the scene reminds me of that yeah. because of the Felix again <laughs> right. being the, the goody two-shoes. Sitting in there. The question the students, right. Yeah. But the... The, the the actual set design reminds not design. I no. feel like the set it's the same set. It's just designed okay. to be a police station. Well, it looks like a court. It looks like one of the courtrooms from the courtroom. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. To uh, the sergeant says you have another question, Mister Unger. Felix says yes. Are we responsible for our own uniforms? And the sergeant says yes, sir. You are. Felix says uh huh. May I ask what material they're made out of? If you know, <laughs> the sergeant goes to look at the label on Bebo's shirt and says polyester. Felix turned to Miriam and says, trash. So when he says responsible, does he mean, he doesn't mean responsible for making their own. I think cleaning. Ah, that's what I thought he meant. The sergeant says, now as concerned citizens, you'll be acting as an extra eye for the police. Now that's why you have been issued whistles. If any of you should hear any danger, see any danger, all you have to do is use your whistle, right? Okay, now Officer Greshel will demonstrate. And that we're going to lead into our next clip. One long blast means help. (laughs) Two short blasts means everything's okay. Hold it. I think we should all write that down. Mr. Unger, it's already written down. I meant on paper so that we'll have it with us at all times. All right. If you're taken prisoner, swallow it. (laughs) Little levity, huh? That's very good. All right. Now I'd like to show you some first aid. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to learn about mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. All right. Are there any volunteers? Please. Now, this time, Mr. Unger, your victim is a baby. Well, I'm very good with babies. I just delivered one a couple of days ago, right on the street. Goody, goody for you. I have two of my own. Unfortunately, they're not living with me now. My wife and I are divorced. Uh, My compliments to your ex-wife, Mr. Unger. May we proceed, please? All right, now, please, put one hand under the victim's neck. That's right. Now, seal your mouth against the victims and emit air. Mr. Unger, we are not blowing up a Goodyear blimp. This is just a baby that we are trying to revive. All you have to do is just puff, just puff. All right. Now, please, move the head down so then lift lift the chin up. Uh Let's take a short break. You gave me a defective doll. 
see him deliver a baby. You were good. I delivered a baby on the street the other day, all by myself. Could you tell me where I could find Murray Gresham? Oscar! Felix. Oscar, you came down. Oh, you got concerned. I got robbed. Where's Murray? What? What happened? Where? Who? What? I corn. I was trying to hail a cab to get to the hockey game. And a guy just came and stuck you up? He even introduced himself. He said, hi, my name is Phil. Hand over your wallet. The two guys ran from across the street. Did they come and help you? No, they took my cab. I'm sorry, Oscar. What bugged me was all those people in the street. Nobody stopped. Nobody came. I told you I that. You Didn't told I tell you? Hi, Oscar. Well, listen, I was robbed. What should I do? Well, I'd report it to the police immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I thought maybe you'd show me some mug shots or something. Well, no, I gotta stick around here. Hey, listen, go to the second floor and ask for Cunningham. Never forget Cunningham, the Cunningham, second floor, okay. Did, what did the guy get? Everything I had in my pockets. Eight dollars and a half a tuna fish sandwich. Wow, is that something, Murray? It's nothing in my business. All right, all right, can I please have your attention? Uh, we'll continue with first aid a bit later. Now we're gonna have a judo class. I am going to be the instructor. I do not want any volunteer. I want you. There's lots of visuals in that clip. Uh, the beginning, Murray forgets what the second type of whistle is, and he has to look behind him on the chalkboard to figure out oh, right. what it is. Uh, Felix is looking at the sergeant when the sergeant is looking for volunteers for mouth to mouth. Uh, before Felix gives mouth to mouth to the doll, he sprays breast spray into his mouth and wipes the doll's mouth with his handkerchief. Now, something's always bothered me about this scene. I don't know if you notice this because of the way you're watching it. The doll has a very weird hairline. Now, it's either supposed to represent the hair of a baby that's just been born, which is really not very filled out. Is that what that is? I guess it just seems so unnecessarily accurate to have that sort of hair wait unnecessary so what the problem is not it's inaccuracy but it's accuracy it it i i, I used to think it was just like a really dirty doll but <laughs> i feel like when i see baby dolls they uh -huh. don't look like they've just come out uh -huh. of the woman uh -huh. they feel like they are yes. kind of maybe made to look a little bit like more genteel or sure or, why not yeah yeah but this doll, do you, what do you think? Did you notice the hairline? Uh, no. Okay. No, once again, I was watching on a smaller screen. It, so. it, it, I was it, spared this level of important detail. I, I could never understand why the hair looks like that. That's, I guess, the most likely answer. It just seems weird to make the doll's hair look so freshly born. And I, was curious what other people another person's thought I, I doubt they made the prop just for this they must have had this line around somewhere. i guess so it also is not i mean my question would be for cpr demonstration why is it necessary to use a baby it's not right uh, <laughs> and it also tells me that like this is a doll this is not a cpr those are specifically made things probably uh, that you demonstrate CPR on because they have to have some kind of like um, uh, they have to have to have a mouth that you can blow into that maybe expand like a balloon or something that blows up the, the rib cage or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying like this seemed like the doll they had that they felt would be funny. And yeah. it has nothing to do with what a CPR dummy would be. Plus it has to go into the next 
visual I'm about to say, which is that when Felix tilts the doll's head down, the head comes off. So they had to have a doll <laughs> where they could do that. Right. And it's small. The baby makes it small. So it's easy for Tony Randall to hold it like that. Yeah. And the last visual is when the sergeant says, I want you. Of course, he's pointing. At <laughs> I, I don't want any volunteers. I want you. So now we have another. So he, presumably he's going to slam body slam Felix into the floor. Right. Although there should be a mat somewhere, maybe in another yeah. room. Hmm. Or they bring out a mat. So we have a new scene. Oscar's typing at his desk. Felix walks in and Oscar says, hey, hi, Sherlock. Felix says, how did it go to the police station? Did you find the picture of the guy who robbed you in the mug shots? Oscar says, no, but identify the two guys who stole my cab. Felix says, if you know that, if you know then what I know now, he could never have robbed you. Oscar goes to pick up a pencil and ask, yeah, what's that? So that's going to lead into uh, another scene. I just broke your arm. It's broken in two places. I could rip it out by the socket. Why would you want to do that? Well, you were reaching, reaching for a pencil. You could have been reaching for my wallet. What? No arm. What's that? Judo. We just learned that at the police academy. I don't think judo works. You don't? No. Try standing up. Ha! Again, huh? Broke your neck. <laughs> your head is now totally inoperative. Oh, come on. No, I'm not joking. This really works. Ha! Again with the hell. Look at this. I splattered your patella. You'll never walk again, mugger. Now do you believe me? Come here. I'm going to teach you something that will save your life. How can I come here? I got a broken neck, a splatella, an arm that doesn't work. I'm going to tell you all about the civilian patrol. We get to go out on patrol. We wear badges. We wear hats. They gave us this whistle. We blow the whistle if we're, there's ever a crisis. Oh, what's with the we? What's that we? I signed you up as my partner. Yeah. You sign me up as your partner? Well, I don't want to go with Miriam. She's a scaredy cat. How could you put my name down without asking me? Why not? You complained about public apathy. I'm getting the whole building involved. You don't want to be the only holdout. Oh, but I don't believe the civilian patrol is going to do anything. You don't. No, I don't. I'll show you something. What? You're a mugger. Now, put your fingers together like that. Like what? Just like that. Like that? Ha! Try to get them apart. You can't do it. Well, I can't get the mugger to put his fingers together like that either. I'll show you something else. Now, come at me with a gun. <laughs> All right, we'll forget about guns. Now, we'll have a real live street scene. Yeah. All right, now you're going to try to mug me. You're hiding behind you. Hide back here. Back here. This is a fire hydrant. What am I going to do, mug a dog? <laughs> I'll be walking along. You're going to throw a right at me. I'm going to grab your arm. I'm going to flip you over my shoulder, senseless. You're going to flip me over your shoulder? I just did it to Miriam. It works like a charm. Don't worry about it. Now, here I come along. I'm walking along, nonchalant. Ha! Ah! 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 Yeah, yeah, but it works, you see. Is this the way we're going to walk to the you're, police station? Felix, you're supposed to blow your whistle if you get in any trouble. No, but attacks me. I'm going to flip him. Wait. All right, all right, okay, okay. Okay, I'll go on patrol with you. You feel safe with me, huh? No. Well, while you're carrying the mug on your back, you're going to need somebody to blow the whistle. That's my favorite scene of this episode. <laughs> I, I love the Haas. Those yeah, are very funny. Yeah. And that's him, of course, Felix throwing karate chops and karate kicks whenever Oscar moves his arm. Uh, and at the end, when Felix tries to flip Oscar, all he does is just drag him around the room. <laughs> right. I do. I, my 
my favorite line in my favorite scene is when Oscar says, um, how like I don't I'm not gonna get the mugger to put his fingers together. Fingers like that. together. <laughs> right. Felix simply gives him a trick that would never come up in a, an actual mugging. Uh do you also notice uh, catch his uh, reference to throwing Miriam around. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The most physical action I think they've had uh, in quite a while. Uh, uh, I do want to go back and say I, I do like when Felix talks about the falling apart of his marriage at inappropriate times. <laughs> he does that <laughs> right. enough to that's a bit, and he did that before. And then, then the sergeant says, "My compliments to your wife." Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe he means the double entendre because you can say like my compliments too is sort of like an acknowledgement or a greeting. No, I think he means. I guess she had the right idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so we have another new scene. Uh, again, exterior fake 1049 Park Avenue. Now Felix is dressed in the apartment in that same gray <laughs> civilian New York Police Department uniform we saw earlier. He puts his hat on. He's looking in the mirror by the window. Is that mirror always there by the window? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, I've never seen that there, I, but maybe it's just the angle. I didn't go back and look. I guess I could have done that, but I didn't. He says, oh boy, oh boy, you're a fine looking officer. You know that? And he salutes himself in the mirror. I think this is a scene that was cut out in syndication. By yeah, the way. probably. Yeah. He salutes himself in the mirror and says, thank you, sir. He continues to talk to himself. May I help you, sir? Metropolitan Opera House? Four blocks to your right, sir. Of course, <laughs> Which is that... something people ask the police all the time. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they would, uh, but Felix Unger does know where that is. So. He then looks at his hand and says, thank you, Luigi. Thank you for the apple, which he shines a fake apple on his shirt. Now, so, I guess, so I think this is a kind of a cliche New York City character from the, like, the 30s, the right. Italian street apple, or maybe the <laughs> 1910s. The yeah. Italian street <laughs> apple salesman who gives cops on the beat a free apple. Yeah. Felix has a very uh, Norman Rockwell or His Courier and Ives view. Yeah, it's a very it goes... Courier and Ives view of New York. Ah, very nice. Uh, Felix then has a look of confer- concern on his face and says, stop thief. And he blows his whistle. Oscar comes in also wearing the uniform and says, you know, you're not supposed to blow that whistle unless there's a crisis. And he has no hat on. Oscar has no hat on. He picks up a cigar. Felix says, it's a crisis looking at you. Oh, Oscar, look at you. Oscar says, what's the matter? Felix says, well, you've got a cigar on your face. Your badge is on the wrong side. It's supposed to be over here. You're wearing white socks. What have you got to say? Oscar says, let's go is what I say. Felix says, if you don't respect your uniform, it won't respect you. Let me see your hands. Oscar holds up his hands. Felix says, good. They're clean. Oscar says, what difference does that make? And Felix says, if you frisk a man, you don't want to soil his clothing, do you? <laughs> Oscar says, oh, come on. Felix says, where's your hat? And Fel- uh, Oscar takes out his blue baseball cap from his back pocket and he puts it on. And Felix says, not that hat, the regulation hat they issue you. Oscar says, I don't want to wear it. And Felix says, you've got to wear it, put it on. Oscar says, no. Felix says, where is it? Oscar says, it's in the closet, but I don't want to wear it oscar felix says why not and oscar says because it doesn't fit he puts it on the rim goes down over his nose which the audience very much enjoys i don't think it's that funny a bit but the audience laughs people love funny hats and felix or says carry hats felix says carry it in your hand so the exit of the apartment into the hallway of the apartment but now here's where limitations of set building uh, uh, 
and and real right. life come up and 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 make what we see them coming out of of course nonsensical if you're looking into Felix and Oxter's apartment from the hallway of the you should see completely into the living room because there's nothing blocking <laughs> the door yeah, yeah you should see the kitchen and the back but of course what we see is a vestibule type area with a painting <laughs> on the wall and a credenza, which of course right. does not exist. And from inside, there is no painting anywhere near that door. No, <laughs> on the inside. It, right, that's true. The closet more... on the right. You have you enter on that little platform, the steps. You have the closet on the right, and you have the railing on the left with Oscar's desk next to it. And the view from the door should Would be, be straight into the straight into the apartment. Yeah. You should see every, not in the kitchen into the living to the room. Kitchen. All right, yeah. You should, I mean, you should be able to direction. see everything. You should be able to see right, the kitchen, right, right, the right, living right. room, and I know. the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, but, they're not. They the set is designed to be right. viewed from the outside. So they had to create a way to. Right. I but I'll say even, this. Yes. It is the first time they have even attempted to have a set of the hallway outside the apartment since season one. They did that. I think there's quite a few times in season one where they are in the hallway. Outside. Well, there's we talked about one because uh, uh, there's the elevator scene where, where Oscar comes out the back. Yeah. Also, the scene that where the up. where the guy who we referred to the the drummer. Uh, sorry, Vern, one of the musicians, Vern, 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 the trumpet yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we never see the we never see the hallway by their door. So here we're seeing the hallway by their door, and obviously, I believe even viewers of the time would would look at that and realize that you know it's not really what you should be seeing. Of course, we understand why we're just seeing this vegetable because that's all you can put in that set. Uh, but it's obviously a continuity error, technically. So now they're out in the hallway on the 11th floor. Felix starts checking around the floor and Oscar heads to the elevator and pushes the down button and asks, while he's asking Felix, what are you doing now? Where are they going? I thought <laughs> right. Aren't be- they supposed to patrol that floor? Right. So I don't know where they're going. Uh, Felix is just checking the premises. Looks like an all clear to me. He straightens a small lampshade on a wall lamp. Then the elevator opens. And uh, we see another tenant door open, and that leads to another scene here. Uh Oh, this looks like trouble covering electric. Hold it right there, mister. (laughs) My partner and I would like a word with you. What part? (laughs) I've got a partner. He's out checking other wrongdoers. What's that you got there? You mean this item? It's my TV set. Who are you? I'll ask the questions. We're civilian patrol. Who are you? Mort Bennick, 1103. Oh, yeah? I live right in that apartment there. I happen to know that's Filerman's apartment. He went to Europe. I'm subletting. Sure, and all aspirins are alike. (laughs) You always walk around carrying a TV set? No, do you? All right. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Come on, let's go. We'll go down to the station house. Come on. There's my partner. Now, where were you? On the fourth floor. What's going on here? I caught this bimbo stealing a TV set. What are you talking about? This is my TV set. Oh, yeah? What's the serial number? (laughs) How should I know the serial number? Do you know your serial number on your TV? 96133. (laughs) I shouldn't have asked. 
Let's go, loser. Down to the station house. Come just on, let's go. Just stand there. Can I talk to you for a second? Against the wall. Don't try anything funny. I've got eyes in the back of my head. Phoenix, can I talk to you? Look, you can't arrest a man just because he's carrying a TV set. I can smell a crime a mile away. I think we can get a full confession out of this baby. I'll be the good cop. You'll be the bad cop. Bozo, looks as though you're in luck. Bozo? I want to go easy on you, but my partner wants to beat you senseless. I think if you give us a full confession, I can get him to calm down. He's an animal. Want a cigarette? I'm sorry, I don't smoke. Does the police know about you two guys? Go ahead, ask her, do what you have to do. You look like a nice guy, so you can go. Thanks, no, 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 since we're going to have it repaired anyway. Do you think the warranty is still good on it? Let me take care of it. Send me the bill. Please let me do it. Thank you, Felix. You're acting like the blue nut. Have you learned a lesson? Yes, and all of this could have been avoided if the man had known a serial number. So the man is played by Billy Sands, making his fourth of five appearances yes. on The Odd Couple. Uh, we've talked about him before. Roger Doctor. Um, and old his, player from the Bilko show, right? I think that's correct. I don't remember now. I because I didn't now that we've talked about him so much, I didn't actually go back and look up his <laughs> anyway from that era. Familiar face to TV audiences from the, the comic comic uh presence from the 50s. Now his wife is actually quite famous, which I didn't know until I did research. He, she is Lassie Lou Ahern. She was a major silent film star as a child from the age of three to seven, 1923 to 1927. She was discovered by Will Rogers. She was in Our Gang Shorts. And she was most famous for playing a boy, little Harry, in 1927's Uncle Tom's Cabin, which cost oh, really? $2 million at the time, which was huge. Yeah, I've seen that film. That is uh, actually regarded by critics as, you know, uh, if you have to see an Uncle Tom's Cabin film, it's actually considered the best of uh, given the presence of a lot of actual African-American actors, not people in blackface in it. Um, that's interesting. And she was so famous. She had, you know, she had clothing lines and I think a doll and she was, you know, a big deal at the time. After silent films went away, she did a lot of musical performing. She was in some acting. She was in the movie Gaslight. She was on Love American Style. And the last credited role was a legal series in the 70s called Petrocelli. Uh, at the beginning of the clip, when Felix says trouble, he steps off the elevator, but Oscar, the door closes on Oscar, <laughs> which is why he's not around. When why he says I, my partner and I. Right. And then there, what partner? <laughs> and why was he on the fourth floor? Well, again, I think you were right to bring up at the beginning. Why are they getting in the elevator at all? Right. So when he did get so, in the elevator, that did he go to four on? Well, purpose? maybe that was the first button he could push to get you know from eleven you know. to four. That I don't believe that. Uh, the expression on Oscar's face when Felix says his partner wants to beat him senseless is great. 
<laughs> well, I love how Felix gets, once he starts awkwardly playing good cop, bad cop, completely gets wrong who should be the good cop. Yeah, the bad yeah. Uh, do you understand the Blue Nut reference? No, I do not. Please tell So me. the in 1973, there's a very popular book called The Blue Knight, which is about an older police officer patrolling ah. his beat. And then in 1974, probably after the – I actually didn't look up the air date. There was a TV movie with William Holden playing uh-huh. The Blue Knight. And then there was a TV series later with George Kennedy okay. playing The Blue Knight. So Blue Knight was a – So this is probably referenced to the book. Uh, probably the book, the, the TV movie being in development was also probably yeah. well known. The fact that William Holden was going uh, to play the true. cop was actually true. pretty a big pretty big deal. And that was probably known by the time they were filming this, I'm guessing. So now we have a new scene. Felix and Oscar are in a coffee shop. So we have another new scene, new set, which set, is a, right? yeah. big, it's a big episode. Felix is drinking coffee at the counter. Uh, Oscar is sitting at a table resting his hand on his Speaking head. of the set, it looks a lot like Cookies, diner. Yeah, exactly. I have that note. Yep. There are two other people at the counter, and a man behind it is working. And behind him, we see a kitchen area with lots of pots and pans. And I wrote here, maybe same set as when Oscar was cookie. Felix says, Oscar, can I come over and sit with you, please? Oscar says nothing. Felix says, I don't want to sit over here by myself. Let me sit with you, huh, please? So at this point, he does get up off the counter. He starts moving towards Oscar, and we see another man walk in. Uh, Felix says, all right, it's my first day on the job. I was over-enthusiastic. I admit that, but let's be partners again, huh, please? Now, behind Oscar, at another table, we see a man. Did you recognize the man? I did not recognize that man. It was James Milhorn Holland. Oh, I did recognize. You're right. Yeah, yes. who was the funeral the, director. The parrot, oh, the parrot funeral guy. In Baby Bird, <laughs> and the barber and the princess. Right. Now, He's listed as Hiccup a Man. So I'm guessing <laughs> that there was some bit where that character was yeah. hiccuping during this scene. I, I think that's a pretty reliable guess. And they cut it. You don't just call or go around calling someone Hiccup Man. And you're hiring and not just some he extra. He is an actor. Right, he is right. an actor, a, yeah. a recognizable actor. Right. You know, he's been Gust. You get my reference? Oh, yes, yes. He's, I was thinking he's Gust. He's been yes. Louis yes. Gust. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what we think, yeah. Um, Felix says, you know me, you know my character, you know what I'm like. I'm an eager beaver. Isn't it better to be too concerned than just not care at all? Oscar says, yeah, but you always imagine things. Then you get us in trouble. Felix is now staring at the counter. Oscar says, what are you looking at now? Felix says, I wasn't imagining things. That man is carrying a gun. So the man who walked in earlier, an African-American man, uh, is now sitting against the counter with his back leaning backwards and we see a gun in his shoulder holster which is seems like a weird thing for an undercover cop which we'll find out is what he's doing this man is george renito jordan he has a small list of credits including canon love american style beretta wonder woman a 1977 adams family reunion tv movie called halloween with a new adams family which i don't remember I don't at all that no. and good times uh, so we're going to play. It's a short clip, uh, but it's it's worth the payoff. Come outside and blow your whistle. Blow your whistle. Cover me, Oscar. Cover you with what? Hey, buddy. See that badge? Civilian patrol. See this? New York City narcotic squad. <laughs> hey, Oscar. 
a narc. So the big payoff there is that two guys, the two guys we saw earlier sitting kind of run out of the room where they hear he's an arc. Right. But since Felix and Oscar are in uniform, wouldn't they have also been concerned about them? Maybe or no? Maybe their dinky uniforms are just so obviously dinky. Not, yeah. <laughs> not major NYPD that they didn't worry. But uh, I like the narc guy. He's very funny. Um, so, by the way, during that clip, I took liberty of confirming the air date of the blue night movie uh-huh actually was november 1973 oh okay i know i looked it so, up 74 so then well i found i just specified the original air date on yeah. nbc okay and uh in this so that yeah november 11th 73 and uh this odd couple episode was from march 8th 1974 so, so it makes perfect sense yep by the way, uh, did I mention who wrote this episode? Oh, you did. Just quickly. Uh, it is a writing that. team. Yeah, we were busy with other stuff. Yeah. The beginning. Um, this is a writing team that has written a few different episodes. Uh, the writing team of Ben Jolson and Art Bear, who, uh, whose biggest credit as a team was working for Carol Burnett show for many years. Uh, and then they went on to Love Boat and uh, did some Happy Days. Uh, but my my favorite credit that they worked on was a show I had forgotten about existed, but it really did. Do you remember Grady? Oh yeah, Whitman Mayo. You know what I mean by yes. Grady? Yes, the Sam <laughs> the Sanford and Son spinoff with Whitman Mayo. Whitman a very short lived yes, Sanford yes. and Son spinoff yes. with Whitman Mayo, which is not not to be confused with the other Sanford and Son spinoff. Sanford Arms. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, here's a connection you mentioned about. Um, and the uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin in blackface, right. and the writer's name is Jolson. <laughs> we are getting into the weeds. So, well, that's what the podcast is for. So now we have a new scene back in the apartment hallway. Uh, they're coming back from their time at the diner. Felix says, oh, come on. They're coming out of the elevator. Felix says, oh, come on, Oscar. Just two more hours on hall patrol. Then we're through for the night. Oscar says, I'm through now. You can patrol the hall alone. Felix says, all right, yellow belly. Hope you sleep well and warm and secure knowledge that Felix is patrolling the halls. So he starts to strut around the hall, checking things out. And then he starts to shake his whistle and he tries to blow it, but the cork ball inside is, is stopped rattling. So he's concerned the whistle doesn't work and he tries to blow it again. And it just makes a hissing sound. Finally, he gets it to blow and he's startled by it. Now he realizes everyone's going to come out. So we see nine people run outside, plus Oscar, come out of their apartments. They're all in different states of kind of dress. Nighttime, yes. night, daytime clothing, nighttime clothing. One of them is Mort and his wife from before, from before who played Roger Doctor. And now we see another familiar face, Sam Nuttall, who played Roger Doctor's friend, Parsley. What a coincidence. Yeah. They're, they, now they're living next door to each other uh, in New York City, not uh, upstate, wherever they were. And he was also in the Moonlighter. Felix says, it's all right, folks. It's all right. Just part of the program to provide you safety and well-being. May I do that? May I do that? May I say that you all responded magnificently? Go back to your beds and the knowledge that Felix is on the job. Thank you. All go back to bed. Oscar, may I say that you were not the first one out? Looks a little bad for your roomie. Oscar shuts the door in his face. And Felix yells, slacker. 
by the way, I, I, I appreciated that uh, there were some non-white faces yes. on the floor in this uh, Park Avenue, if you will, or Central Park West building. Park Avenue. Yes. Felix shakes the whistle again, and he's about to repeat the whole scene. And we can tell he's going to blow the whistle again because he can't get it to blow and everyone's going to come out again. But before he does that, he's interrupted. And this is our final scene of the, of the episode. Me, Felix. <laughs> Miriam, don't skulk around the I halls like that. Sorry. If I blew this whistle, the entire eleventh floor would be swarming all over you. I just thought you could use a chair and some magazines. Oh, aren't you sweet? Thank you, thank. And there used to be a chair here. It was stolen. <laughs> That's not going to happen while I'm on patrol. Your chair is safe with me. Anything goes wrong? I just blow this whistle. I've got the best floor in the building, the Fighting Eleventh. I don't know about that. The eighth floor is awfully good. The eighth floor? Yeah. They don't have our deterrent power. Nothing but women and children down there. You've got your spirit. Spirit? Yeah. Do you want to see spirit? I'll show you spirit. Thank you, everyone. This has been a drill. There is no real emergency. Go back to your homes. My whistle and I are on the job. Blow that thing once more. I'll ram it right down your throat. Amen. May I suggest that you reserve your hostility for the burglars, sir? Same goes for you, son. What a floor. Great floor. Good night, Felix. No fooling around on duty. Uh, yes, sir. Hey, cosmopolitan. A sex quiz. Good. Never? <laughs> huh? Occasionally. Now let's see my score. 85. Above average. If I'd had one more always, I'd have been exceptional. <laughs> Judo! Ha! 
have a run in your stocking, you know that? who yells at Felix the second time he blows the whistle is Sam Nadell. Uh, in the middle <laughs> of the clip, we see a man wearing a stocking mask come in. Yes. With a, a real, a real uh, burglar. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's where Felix, that was still a surprise to me. That's when Felix makes that noise when he turns around. Cause ah. he's scary looking <laughs> uh, at the end. When Oscar comes out, Felix is tied up in his chair with tape on his mouth and the whistle is still inside his mouth. So when Oscar takes the tape off his mouth, Felix then blows the whistle because it's in his mouth. Uh, so that's an amusing, that's an amusing scene. Yes. Yes. Uh, so the tag is back at the police station. The sergeant, Before you look, I, yes. I can't let you go on without noting uh, the line. Hey, a sex quiz. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Very. And cosmopolitan magazine. Uh, how about again. Felix saying no fooling around? Yeah, right. No uh, fooling Miriam. Around Miriam. Yeah. And, and what about Miriam giving him that copy of Cosmopolitan as his reading material? I don't know with if that its, meant... With its enclosed sex quiz. She may not even know there's a sex quiz in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Well, what else? But isn't that what Cosmopolitan was, I don't, I don't was think Cosm- is famous for? I, is it? I don't know. Uh, is famous for uh, having articles on, on sex advice. Oh. Um, I guess even that. Um, by the way, speaking of 1049 Park Avenue or or to not 1049, um, I think probably it just occurs to me seeing Miriam in this episode, a lie, that the uh, another argument refuting any notion that there being two different apartments and that they have two different buildings that they moved to, that would mean Miriam moved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> from the. Because season oh, three, in- they they were not yet at Central Park West. They were not oh. yet at Central Park West. There's yeah. no Central Park West uh, footage from season three. I don't believe. Uh, so that means she would have had to move to the new building, and Herbie Fay, the super, would have had to move to the new building. Right, right. Uh, I'm sorry. Where were you? The tag. Yeah. Tag back at the police station. Sergeant says, "Mr. Unger, an appreciation for your assistance in apprehending a known and wanted criminal." Oscar says, "How did you identify him?" Oh, he's, he's giving him a, like a badge or, or like a, a medal. That's what the sergeant is saying in appreciation for your assistance. For capturing. The yeah. Oscar says, how did you identify him? Felix says, I recognized his brand of stocking. And the sergeant says, it is my pleasure to sp- bestow upon you the concerned citizens medallion. So he's holding medallion in his hands. He turns to a photographer standing nearby and says, ready? The sergeant puts the medallion on Felix. But before the photographer takes the photo, Felix says, I want my patrol partner, Oscar Madison, in the picture. Oscar says, oh, come on, Felix. No. Felix brings Oscar in, and the sergeant says, full uniforms, please. And Oscar's, because Oscar's not wearing his hat, 
Felix says, make him put on his hat. So they, Felix is not wearing his hat either. So they turn back behind them to pick up their hats. Felix grabs Oscar's hat and Oscar grabs Felix's hat. So when the picture is taken, Felix has the two big hat on and it covers his face. And that's the well, Oscar. See, there's a payoff for that funny hat, Joe. Yes. Oscar laughs at this, as does the audience. By the way, uh, I like the running gag of Felix. Uh, Felix being an expert in stockings. <laughs> Is that a run? What's the other? Because he says he tells the, the mugger that there's a run in your stocking. Oh, oh, a stocking he has over his face. Right, right. <laughs> and then, of course, catches him because he knows women's clothing. Uh, uh, so that's the end of the episode. I like this episode enough. You know, it's fine. It's to me not a classic, but it's not one to avoid. It's fun. Has a number of sets, which are it's good to see different sets. Got a good guest hat cast. There's memorable bits in it. Uh, so I give it three and a half out of five, Murray's. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, for some reason, it's not totally. I, I remember the the premise, but I didn't remember a lot of the details. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, um, but I it is funny. There are. Um, some great scenes. Michael Lerner, great to we're always great in everything. Um, maybe there's like because there's so not only a, a strong supporting cast, a big supporting cast. All those, uh, not only the the speaking supporting cast, but extras, the neighbors and the building, uh, the number of different scenes. It almost feels maybe spread a bit thin. Like it keeps it moves so fast and it has to cover all this ground that we kind of I kind of wish it stayed more focused on one of the scenes, but I do like that we get to see in the hallway all, like it's a great New York scene, like all the neighbors coming out on the floor, you know, uh, who we never see any other time, even though these are apparently their neighbors. Um, so it has a, a really nice, a real new, this is a real New York episode, you know, everything about the crime wave and NYPD and uh, get that diner in there. I don't know. I kind of like. I I would. I, I, I was. I was also going to say three and a half, but listening to it again, I'd say four. Okay. Well, if you have any feedback for us um, or questions or comments, please email us at ten forty nine pod at gmail And thank you for continuing to listen, uh, Garrett. I got a broken neck, a splatella, an arm that doesn't work. Ha. <laughs> <laughs>